center to recovery, not a rescue. Meteorologists say the last time low temperatures broke minus 30. When they find you, ask for Henry Deaver. Can you hear me? Have we checked out his ears? Welcome, everybody, to the second half of our show, reflecting upon the second episode of Castle Rock from Hulu, Habeas Corpus. We had a brown bread and a can break because the whole time we were talking in the previous show, Hannah was like chatting me like, seriously, this bread, is this really a thing? And she spent the rest of the night, you can ask on Twitter, she was, look at her Twitter, she was up till four in the morning and she was looking for brown bread. I'm full of carbs and conspiracy theories. That's. So. I'm Acadia Einstein. <laughs> I'm here with the well-fed Hannah Selector, and we are going to finish off the pretty action-packed, for me anyway, episode that was Habeas Corpus, and we had left it at the beginning of the kind of sad little birthday party for Henry. And I think that's oh, what we need yeah. to, because as soon as you said something, I was like, oh, brown bread in a can. So <laughs> at least she's not sticking candles in a can of brown bread, because oh. that would be even more of a bummer, I think. Um, so, yeah, we go back to the Deaver house and it's the 27th of something. It's Henry's birthday. I don't think I know what month it's. It's the 27th be. of summer, I think. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they opened it with like Maine weather is weird, which made it my brain think there's no way you're gonna know what month it is anyway that's that is a thing that people say in maine like if you don't like the weather just wait a minute but i kind of feel like every state probably says that like yeah you know what i I mean weather is a force of nature yeah and i had a friend that was like oh i'm on new mexico time which means you're always late and i'm like you realize every place that's warm has their own version of that time she was amazed she's like really and i'm like yeah yeah it's a thing it's called Island Time. Mm-hmm. I have, I have a, a shirt that says, I'm sorry I'm late. It's just who I am as a person. So <laughs> nothing to do. What are you going to do about that? Do with Business nothing. people. I'm not going to fix it. Um, <laughs> so 27s are a big thing with Stephen King. Mm-hmm. The Henry's birthday being the 27th. I don't think that's a coincidence. No. The 27-year cycle in It. It's been 27 mm-hmm. years, you know since 1991 Mm -hmm. so 27s are big and symbolic there's that story a good marriage they were married for 27 years that's all i got off the the top of my noggin yeah um but it is a recurring uh, theme yeah yeah and so henry makes this kind of like sad observation over his not quite betty crocker cake that (laughs) you know i'm older than dad ever was so weird he's he's gotta be almost 40 i guess so his dad never quite made it to that but does that jive with sissy spacex age yeah you know what i mean i don't know because he's adopted so i it doesn't necessarily yeah that's true i don't know i thought like that's that's weird though it doesn't seem like it tracks and i mean maybe she's not i mean she doesn't look like she's super old um Hmm. But I think with, like, older characters, it's a lot less strict. I was thinking to myself, the younger Alan Pangborn, if it were the same person, he would have aged really badly for 27 years to get to the the actor who played him now. But, I mean, like, if you're a police officer in Castle Rock, you're probably going to age kind of rough. Yeah, and if you kind of start out with a serial killer and then move into the devil opening a store, that's going to... It's like when the president, the president starts out, you know, looking all good, and by the end of it, he looks like a withered crone. So Four years later, you're a corpse. Mm -hmm. You don't want to be the president. You know, I did did hear one thing, just speaking to Sissy Spacek rather real quickly. I thought it was fascinating... The person observed that if you want to talk about Castle Rock encompassing Stephen King, you've got Bill Skarsgård, who is the star of the latest Stephen King movie, and Sissy right. Spacek, the titular character of the very first 
Stephen King book it's and come movie. Full circle, right? Isn't that the nuts? Past and the present. Like they really Aww, did. That's kind of cute and charming. Yeah, I, I thought that was, and I'm glad Sissy SpaceX is getting work. <laughs> legends supporting legends. Exactly. I love it. Um. So speaking of Sissy SpaceX, right after Henry says that, she kind of asks this question that's sort of interesting i think in the context like is that why you're here after he says like i'm older than dad ever was so it's Mm -hmm. like she's wondering are you thinking about your dad are you thinking about that you're not around much anymore do you feel like you're aging you need to come back to your hometown and figure some stuff out or is she thinking oddly phrased did you kill him because i kind of feel like (laughs) she doesn't think he did you you know (laughs) No, you wouldn't think the relationship would be that cordial, unless, and I feel like with that small town preacher, everyone reveres him, there's got to be something dark under the surface, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. it can't be what it seems. Yeah, and if she's, you know, living in the home, she knows, maybe she's getting a lot of that nastiness, maybe it's just directed at Henry, but yeah, in any case, she doesn't either seem to buy the idea that Henry killed him, or she doesn't care. Right. Yeah, so. and either, yeah, that's a good, good point. Good point. And then she talks about his seventh birthday, and he barfed up his cake. Oh, that was a cute line. I never saw her birthday cake appear, disappear and reappear so fast. Poor kid. Oh, oh lactose intolerance, no fun. Yeah. But, yeah, and he doesn't remember. Yeah, and clearly. she knew or it. Or he's pretending not to, or whatever, but... She kind of backs up and is like, oh, but I guess you don't remember that. Yeah, like a sad reflection of it. So that's definitely a, I mean, that's absolutely affirmation that at least within that small family, she completely believes that he didn't remember. And I kind of feel like if you were a young child, you'd be pretty easy to trick into revealing that you remembered stuff. You know, I mean, Stephen King yeah. always writes his children characters like they're 50. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm only yeah, 12, but I'm super wise. Um, but I think that that in that instance, in real terms, you could figure out yeah. if a 10-year-old was lying to you about having no memories at all. Yeah, you, you'd figure it out. Yeah. Speaking as former high school teacher, kids oh, are yeah. Man, we should do a separate show just about that. Oh, bless. I have some stories. Nice. Uh, Speaking of kids, we figure out that a drug-addicted real estate lady lived across the street from Henry when Mm -hmm. they were kids. And they did that cutesy little, you know, kids before cell phones thing where they were flashing lights at each other across the street to say, like, oh, I'm still awake. And, you know... Taylor Swift video writing on piece of paper deal. Right. Mm-hmm. As if we're just keeping poster board in our room. For this exact <laughs> I got a whiteboard. Yeah, I'm just right. Yeah, that would be the smart thing. <laughs> yeah. She's doing that, like, you know, after school special cursive writing his name in her notebook thing. Yeah, she, she had it bad. Mm-hmm. My uh, Castle Rock notebook is filled with cursive Bill Skarsgård. Uh-uh. Oh, <laughs> folks, she's not joking. If this was a YouTube show, you would know the truth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then she witnesses that Henry being called out to the car. Who called him out to the car? Yeah. It doesn't look like Alan Pangborn's jeepish thing. No. Okay. Disclaimer, not a car gal. Couldn't tell you what something is unless I see the little ah, metal logo thing. He had sort of a... Like a Bronco slash Jeep Wagoneer type of deal. And if it was early 90s, I'm going to say it was probably a Bronco. Because, believe it or not, they may have been calling out to that sci-fi show Haven where the sheriff in that town had a Bronco. It's probably a bit of a stretch, but but you never know. It was kind of their job. Every little reference, we're going to get it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, he has one of those, like, rural policeman cars that they all seem to have. Yep. Woodsy, rural policeman, Fargo-type vehicle. Yeah, because you never know what Um, you're going to do. Catch a bank robber, find a bear, you know. (laughs) Clean up a deer carcass, who the heck knows. Um, And it wasn't 
uh, Lacey's fancy Lincoln, Lincoln. car. Nope, absolutely not. Yeah, because that was like a sedan. This is some sort of like station wagony looking thing, and like it couldn't my be the father. That, right, because why would you go out in front of your house down your driveway and then call your own kid instead yeah, of just doing it sense. in your garage or yeah. on your apron or something? Yeah. So. Yeah, that seems like it's going to be a really... It's got to come Like up. an underlined question. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyway, in her adult life, it seems like she's not doing so well. She's a bad real estate agent, it looks like. <laughs> she's made two sales in, two, or in that month. But maybe that's not bad for Castle Rock because the economy's in the tank. Yeah. You, who's moving it, there? I mean, is it just the same people that just keep moving from house to house? And I guess if that's true, then she's got it made because she doesn't really have to work super hard. If, you know, maybe it's just always somebody died, so someone else is going to move into the house. Right. And her sister is coming to see her. They're having lunch in the absolute weirdest restaurant slash bowling club slash bar. It's like multiple levels, and I've never seen anything like it. It was... I Weird. just like that it was little ball candle pin bowling. That that warms my heart from when I was a kid because it was on TV from the local bowling alley. Like it was like this is a sporting event we're showing this weekend. Oh, it's guys a big deal. It's... playing little ball bowling and smoking cigarettes, and it's on TV. Oh my gosh! It's like local color, which yep. is a show it's... in Castle Rock. Yeah, that's right. That um, real estate agent lady's really excited to be on. I guess. Um, the sister seems to view her as, like, a stoner failure yep. kind of thing. She's, like, the family black sheep. The sister has, like, kids and, I assume, a husband with a job that pays the bills because mm-hmm. she's not. And she's controlling all the money. Drug-addicted real estate lady is trying to get some equity out of her parents' house, but the sister's like, no, because you're going to piss it all away. And... you are going to have to live in that house someday, you, you right. drug-addled dimwit. You horrible failure, you. With your but, blue um, blocker sunglasses. Yeah. Don't know what those are doing for her. Because she doesn't have, like, crazy red eyes or anything. No. But she seems to think they're blocking out the... Oh, the brain yeah, waves, she, I guess? Her undiagnosed psychic illness. So, yes. you're right. The pills do block out voices. And she's not taking the opiates because she's addicted to them in the traditional sense. It's to... Stop her mirror neurons from over-firing? Yeah, that's just complete bunk. And, honestly, someone taking half a pill every day would last for, like, a month. On On the outside a month until you're like, well, now this doesn't work anymore. Right, and you would think she would build up some sort of tolerance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If If it was a natural progression, even if she weren't an addict... She would build up a tolerance and need more, yeah. Because that even happens with, like, ibuprofen. Yeah, with everything. Consistently, so. Anyway. um, Like, people with this show, we're going to just keep doing more of them because you need more of the Castle Rock Historical Society to satisfy your fix. Yeah, and we're just getting crazier and crazier every time. The the references are getting more desperate. We're just Mm -hmm. seeing things everywhere. (laughs) You know, but this probably means this. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So for her sister uh, and all of her passive aggressive worrying real estate ladies like, well, I signed your name anyway. Thanks for lunch. Here's some fraud. Uh, Yeah. Super savvy on that point. Like, I guess. And she's clearly not worried about consequences. No, not at all. And her plan seems pretty cockamamie. Like, yeah. she's going on that show to talk about getting enough money to, or she wants to buy one of the abandoned mills. Oh, yeah, 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 the yarn mill. And I made a note. Acadia was right. That's the very first episode you talked about a mill. Mm-hmm. The mill. There's always a mill. <laughs> yep. If there's a main town, there's a mill. And Pretty so, much. yeah, she's doing like some sort of historical downtown revitalization deal, I guess, to maybe up tourism i guess it's one of those vague we need to create jobs kind of plans i guess yeah and and i mean she doesn't go obviously the sister isn't buying it right but we'll find out yeah 
I, and anyway, I, I she's, like. She's gonna go talk about it on local color. Yes, which is apparently the pathway to greatness in the sh- in the town. Right, you've peaked in Castle Rock and mm-hmm. you've been on local color. Um, so yeah, that's that. She forced her sister's name and bought a mill, that's or leased a mill. Yeah, that's... doesn't doesn't seem smart. No, but whatever. <laughs> um. <laughs> And then we quick cut back to the prison in, like, this complete non-sequitur of a line. I have no idea why he said it, but Nazi guy is like, Hey, kid, are you a pederast? You and pederast. Was, what, what was the clue to that? What was the indicator possibly? I don't know. Was it just meant to be inflammatory? I think I, it was. I, I don't know. I think he Elon Musked him. <laughs> he didn't know what else to call him. Your submarine is stupid. Well, yeah, well, you're a pederast. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. So he's coming for Elon's brand. Yeah. And, um, but then something really interesting happens. There's that, you know, we're going to fight kind of deal going on. The Nazi guy's obviously violent, but Bill Skarsgård's character says, you shouldn't touch me, but not in a threatening way. Yeah. As more of an observation. Yeah, or, like, almost concerned. Like, you're going to get hurt. I don't want you to. You shouldn't touch me. Yep. So he's not being aggressive at all. It was his version of that plate is hot. Like, when the waitress comes to the... And did you ever see the Seinfeld when the the waitress comes and says, oh, be careful, that plate's hot. And Elaine just grabs the plate and, like, yells out. And the waitress goes... Why did you do that? I told you it was hot. And Elaine goes, I just wanted to see what you thought hot was. <laughs> yeah. I've seen every episode of Seinfeld and I love it. That was gold. Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to see what you thought hot was. But yeah. <laughs> so I guess based on what happened, he wanted to see what he thought hot was. Yep. He did not believe that this uh, little slip of a man is going to cause any problems for him but uh we'll find out later that he maybe should have yeah anyway reference time we pan to the mellow tiger Mm -hmm. which is the ba of choice in castle rock um and there is an interaction that was kind of weird (laughs) between our man henry and this jackie torrance lady yeah and that's, to me, I just thought it was clever writing the way that that they started out trying to find out, you know, what happened to the other place. And um, she says, do you want the, the real, do you want the cover story or the real story? And he said the real story. And mm-hmm. bonus for someone saying, you know what, I could probably make more money if I open a quote, fuck club Bizarre. in my restaurant. I gotta get my nephew a titanium leg, so obviously the solution is to open a fuck club. Yeah, it's it's. I, I, I see don't no know. other way. <laughs> There's no. You could maybe put a video game in the place and rack up some quarters while people are waiting, but nope. Instead, just do some weird swinger thing, which never, ever, ever ends up in real life like you think it's gonna. Because it's basically, you could ride any city bus in any city at any time and look at the people on the bus and then imagine them all at the fuck club. Because that's exactly what you would get. You're not getting the bus that goes to the casino from the Bahama airport. That's not the bus that you get. Right. This is a Walmart after midnight situation. 100%. Yeah. I... Pardon this terrible pun I have to get out of my system. Why do a Kickstarter when you could do a dick starter? Wow. I'm fired. No. Not only are you not fired, I have no power to promote you, but you're promoted because guess what? I wanted to do a um, car service where they had a little gate like cabs so that you couldn't strangle the driver, but the drivers were all topless and call it Boober. And in order to do that, we would have needed a dick starter. Ah, or a GoPound me instead of a GoFundMe. Okay. I'm As done now. I one got more no aside. Other, I got no other crowdfunding websites. I did really have an idea that if you made a crowdfunding website 
for women who wanted breast implants. I cannot imagine why that would not make a bazillion dollars because every guy is a sex creep. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So if the guy was just like, yeah, no, I want to be the same, like the number, but a different, like two cups bigger. People would give money just for how many before and after pics they would get. Yeah, I mean, I've gotten DMs from those guys on Twitter. I think that's a pretty successful business model right there. send them to Titstarter and we're... (laughs) So now we're done. (laughs) Anyway, the long and the short of it is that Nan's luncheonette was not successful and it's gone now. And I do like, you're right, that they introduced the idea to the viewer of the cover story versus the real story. Mm -hmm. So we need to be looking at both. Yep. Perhaps, you know. And she was savvy, you know. She might have a weird derivative name. Yeah, my name is Ben Smears. But so then she starts asking him, and this is another, I I don't like feet. And she says, let me see your feet. And he's like, what? And she says, well, no, because I heard you lost three toes to frostbite. So I want to see. And she she says, he says, no. And then in the best thing ever, even though I hate the idea of it, she's like, well, I'll show you mine. Like, that's what's going to seal the deal. Yeah. And he didn't outright deny that he lost any toes. No. Because I mean. Because she said, no, you you didn't lose your toes or no, you're not going to let me see. Right, because even if I don't want to take my shoes off, I might still be like, and no, I didn't lose any toes. Yeah. But Henry doesn't seem to like to reveal much about any of that stuff. Not even his name, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Mm. So he pretty much goes to depart the bar, but he slips a note to Zaleski, who has just come in with some of his CO buddies, Mm -hmm. and um, they're going to meet up later. It is handy oh, from a writing and, standpoint to only have one bar slash restaurant in the town. Right. Because then you yeah, don't have to worry just, about how people run into each other because it's just, it has to be there. Yeah. And you might as well set a story in a small town because, I mean, like. <laughs> yeah, why not? All sorts just... of interactions about that. Oh, Henry did clarify to Jackie something that it seems like maybe the people in Castle Rock at large don't know that his father died at home. Not after the fall. She Not, seems surprised yes. by that information. Yep. So that seems important. Not at the bottom of the cliff. So yeah, yeah that does she... seem, because that means the difference between the, you know, the cover story and the real story. There's a legend that's built up around what happened to the father that definitely, right. killer, said the fat guy, um, I don't think yeah. uh, is going to end up sticking, I guess is the best way yeah. I can put it, you know. And when she tells the cover story, there's that line of, like, you know, beloved local preacher takes in screw-up orphan. Mm-hmm. And, like, what's a screw-up orphan? What yeah, could how he do you, possibly have done you orphan at that wrong. young age? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Way to not have parents, you scumbag. Yeah, you little shit. <laughs> also, I don't understand, and just from a demographic standpoint, where they found him right you know and and it, it doesn't I mean, make he's any from sense the back of mr gaunt's shop but you know <laughs> that was that's my one more plug for hannah's crazy theory from the first episode which is totally going to be wrong no theories but, are crazy the fact that these well, could all be deals matters yeah you know needful things it is referenced pretty heavily yep so yeah Henry leaves the bar, goes back to his mom's house, and Alan Pangborn is digging up a dead dog in the yard. Yeah. Because his mom is experiencing sundowning, which is, you know, when you have a a cognitive illness like Alzheimer's or dementia, it tends to be worse at night. Oh, that's a real thing? I wondered. I didn't didn't look it up. That is a real thing? Interesting. There are a couple good horror movies based entirely on that phenomenon. Huh. Um, but anyway, he, she was convinced that the local mutt hadn't been hit by a car, so Alan has to dig it up. I was so scared it was going to be the sheepdog, and then yeah, I would have yeah. had I to quit. quit the podcast, yep. stop watching the show. Yeah. But it's not. It's some weird mutant werewolf looking. It didn't look like a normal dog. Nothing about it was right. Nothing. And I don't know if that's just 
bad props or if it was on purpose or like that's what decay is supposed to look like also the little bespoke dog coffin was kind of strange like who just has that perfectly sized box laying around but was it like a suitcase it had a little latch it didn't have like a handle though it was just like a box that was perfectly sized with like buckles i i don't know maybe alan's really handy i don't know that could be too and and he and the reason that he was even, the, but the reason he said he was digging it up, upon reflection, I mean, really, I get she has dementia, but if she has dementia, what would imply that she would believe that the dog was still dead? If she had reason to believe that the dog might that. actually be alive, was she thinking of it from a pet cemetery standpoint? That yeah. You know, when you bury it, it does come back. Right. Did it stay dead? Also, you know, it just doesn't seem like a woman in ailing mental health needs to be shown a dog corpse to... No. I I don't know. And if she was going to take his word for it, he didn't need to dig it up. So you know what? Yeah. Put that in the side of your awesome book, because that's coming back. Yeah, for sure. And this tension between Pangborn and Henry is... Yeah. pretty bad he does not like alan he doesn't trust him and he doesn't want him around his mom we find out that henry is like the conservator of her state or whatever and he has control of her finances and most importantly who comes in and out of that house implying alan if you push me too far i'm gonna make sure that you're not able to see my mom but what happened because right my i don't feel like Pangborn has a grudge against Henry. No, it seems one-sided from Henry's side. Because the opening of the entire show, they accent the fact that they're not looking for him anymore. But Mm -hmm. Sheriff Pangborn is at 6.30 in the morning, because they make a point to tell you when it is. It's before he's got to go into work, and he's doing it badly by just poking random things with a stick, but he's still the only one out there looking. And it's not a grid search or anything like that. He's just like, I'm trying to find this kid. So there's care there. Right. He went above and beyond. He's like going to look for this kid. He obviously cares about the situation and is worried or something. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see why Henry hates him or doesn't trust him so much. Yeah, it's weird. But guess we'll find out. Um, so then there's this flashback to the real estate lady is a kid across the street and there's the cop and everything. And they're asking, have you seen Henry? It's very important. His dad has been hurt, you know, and he's a pillar of the community. You need to tell us everything, you know. Um, and she's acting super weird, but she's super weird. So that could just be. Yeah, she is kind of weird. character for her. True. But she says she doesn't know anything. Yeah. Mm. But they make too much of a big deal about it to her. Right. To me. Mm-hmm. And why the hell could she see her breath when they couldn't? Oh, yeah. And she was, like, weirdly sitting up in bed. She was yeah, yeah, laying yeah. there. She had the covers pulled up almost like... What if she snuck out? Maybe she's wearing like outdoor clothes and she doesn't want. Oh them to shit! See. I didn't even think of that. Like, or she like went out her window to do something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That the, would wake. That would make way more sense because yeah, it doesn't make it like. I mean, well, then the other side of it could be well, she had the blanket pulled all the way up because obviously it was super cold in the room because she could see her breath. But that doesn't make any because no, you couldn't. The other people couldn't, and it's. They don't show things in that lingering manner if they're, if it's for no reason. No, and, like, it makes much more sense to show us the flashback if she's lying. So, did she have something to do with Henry's dad's dying? Like, because she said that thing, that's not his real father. Which, obviously, everybody in town knows Henry's black, his adoptive parents are white. There's no Very question true. there. But it seems like something that Henry has maybe said to her because they're sort of friends. Like, very true. My real, you know, there's some tension there or something. So, I mean, could could it be that she knows more? Because we don't actually know how close she and Henry are. I mean, maybe she's no. just loving him up from afar too. 
that's possible. Right. But is her obsession, like, strong enough for her to do something? You know? Kids do crazy things. Romeo and Juliet were, like, 13. I, I don't True. know. So, yeah, there's definitely stuff to unpack there. That whole, I would do anything for love. But I will also do that. Yeah, and I'll do that, too. <laughs> so. Um, so the result, then, of Henry passing Zaleski that note in the bar is that they meet up to talk in their cars and I have another Acadia was right again thing because Zaleski's like if there was a Walmart within 60 miles of here I wouldn't be working at Shawshank so the job situation is a major bummer in Castle Rock yep especially when you realize Walmart would be a better job right yeah it's it's bad so yeah Zaleski's got a baby on the way he's got a young family so he's putting up with this weird, uncomfortable job at Shawshank because he's gotta. He's doing what he gotta um, do. Yep. And Henry is trying to get more information about this client, but Zaleski's really hesitant to get involved. This could be dangerous for him. He needs to protect his family's own interests. But he obviously cares about doing the right thing. Right. That's part of his character, so I think he is gonna keep helping Henry get access to the kid. Whatever. Maybe testify in court. Who knows where this is going. So... But yeah, very right about this whole main culture, the economy, and small populace, and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's a sad uh, little literary thing. If you want to learn what Maine is like, um, Mm -hmm. read the book The Beans of Egypt, Maine. It is a... Beans of Egypt, Maine. it's, It's by a woman named Carolyn Shute. It's about... It was written in the 80s. Um, it's, It's about poverty and it's the kind of Appalachian type of poor but she lived it so it's the and we used to have a thing for it like it's did you have shower curtains for doors because there are people that like the inside of the house was never finished so people would genuinely use shower curtains for doors huh. to like partition stuff because that was the best that they could do. Like yeah. it's, it's, th- there's a lot of little tragedies and Castle Rock and King grew up not in a house with shower curtains for doors, but close, like because his mm-hmm. dad left and he, they had nothing when he was growing up and everything like right. that. So he knows what he's talking about with that kind of stuff. He doesn't usually go too deeply into it. But that book, um, Carolyn Shute, Beans of Egypt, Maine, highly recommend it because it would inform somebody that's, is Maine really this weird and creepy? Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I like that the show is being so attentive to that. Yes. I think it adds a lot to the character situation and the story that in addition to the creepy supernatural stuff, there's also just a lot of real life human struggle yes. going on. And that's that intriguing. Matters. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, so after their little chat, we are back in Shawshank and the CEO says, good morning, Adolf, which is all sorts of delightful. And apparently the Nazi's dead. I'm devastated. We're all devastated. It's tough. Nazi Uh, can't get a break. Real hard loss there. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's no obvious carnage. So there wasn't like a big violent fight. In fact, one of the the guards is like, are you sure he's dead? He was just lying there. You know, so there wasn't like a struggle. Um, I thought he was going to explode if he touched him. Yeah, or something horrid something more horrid well it does end up being pretty horrid i guess contrary to (laughs) any sort of real life response to a prisoner death that i've ever heard if they do an autopsy right away um but it just wouldn't happen in real life i understand why it had to happen for the story sure but first of all no one in a for-profit prison cares that much that a prisoner died that they make that priority numero uno very true second of all they just don't care period like unless the family's asking for it and they're real rich or something i don't think you're gonna get you know a coroner's inquest into what what appears to be a heart attack or something i mean they didn't explicitly say it but were they trying to say that it was done in the hospital i mean in the the prison like there's a autopsy room in the prison i don't know like 
both the warden and slick are there True. um the weird greasy guy so it's like and castle rock doesn't seem like a big enough town to have a hospital and based on the economic climate i don't know maybe it took place in the prison maybe it didn't either way what we find out is that this guy's body is riddled with metastasized cancer and what did the coroner lady the coroner lady said something oh she said um Um, i'm surprised he could walk in there on his own two legs right but we know that he was perfectly fine the day before yep so this all shows implies whatever that touching the kid is a majorly bad idea because and my notes say suddenly cancer exclamation point (laughs) which is bad one lion yeah no that's bad news and so then i got to thinking like with zaleski's little hallucination experience Mm -hmm. it's kind of did he touch the kid briefly when they found him underground or like when he was helping him shower or something some sort of small contact that would have goofed with his Hmm. brain i don't know or Or is it is it active? I'm worried that Zaleski has cancer or something, like a brain tumor that would make him yeah, have I a hallucination. Like, I hope but, not, because he's like one of the few good guys. True. But then <laughs> like again, really good guy. I think that the kid made the mouse commit suicide. So maybe what he said was, yeah. maybe it was a threat. He's just super chill. And maybe. he just made whatever it was, you know, the cancer occur. Right. So the kid obviously has some sort of supernatural ability. It'll be interesting to see what he has control of, if he has control of these things, and what is just kind of, like, his nature. Um, So at that point, uh, Lacey's voiceover sort of comes back, and we get that whole God-told-me-what-to-do declaration there. So who, who is the voice that he's hearing? What is the voice? It, you know... It, the, the, it seems improbable to me. Hearing? It's because I just don't think that if God has to say something, no, I just don't think if there was a God that he'd ever no. have to say something because he's like, well, what do I need you to do it for? I will just do right. it. And hundred percent. It's not really God. Right. I'm and and right why would I make you build a cage in hopefully the exact right spot to catch the devil when he's passing through. That too. You know? Did he just erect it on the one exit from hell? And he's like coming up through the floor. Exactly. And he's like, gonna do some trouble. Oh man. Like if he had, if he had gotten his measurements wrong and he would have just went like nice cage over there, sucker. I'm going to destroy earth. Like it doesn't, I don't know. Well, thank goodness Lacey built the cage in that exact spot. Yeah, he you know. was good. Yeah, there's all sorts of questions. Where did he get the kid from? Did he put him in the cage? Did somebody else put him in the cage? I want to know. You know. I don't think he caught weird. him. I don't think he just chased him and caught him with a big butterfly net. Right. And is the kid a human of sorts? Did he age from, like, a baby person? So that he was easier to contain at first? You know? <laughs> Yeah, but then he could have gone through the bars. I do like the idea of Devil Baby, like a, a little Damien Thorne well, you know, action. The omen sort of thing. Yeah, did he shove a kid in there and then he grew to be? That would be really funny. You know, it'll be interesting to see what his nature really is. Um, oh, yeah, and then Henry gets in with the prayer group and finally makes contact with his client. And who recognizes him immediately and ostensibly not because he's the only black guy in Maine. Like he no. just, they have a, con- they have a connection or something. He knows you're but Henry no. Deaver. My version of the, your quote unquote crazy theory. Yeah. And I don't believe Henry Deaver has said his own name yet yeah we gotta check that because i think in that one that's the only one that it's almost like he went out of his way to not say it because the fact of the matter is is that the only thing he knows is that the person asked for henry deaver so for him to not throw out hey i'm henry deaver yeah and 
there's been that phenomenon of every time someone asks the the prisoner what his name is, he answers with Henry Deaver, mm -hmm. which is almost like he's saying it's his name, even though we're interpreting. There's a thing about the Henry Deaver identity that is not explained yet, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that it may belong to two people, that it may not really be the Henry that we think's real name. I still want to know if adopting Henry was a replacement for a kid that the Deavers lost or something like that, or, you know, and then... Yeah, because they haven't said that yet. No, you know, not... And aside, Hannah Selector, the person, doesn't think that adoption is a replacement for not being able to have biological kids. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just wondering if that's the context of the story. So... I want to know. Um, also, duly oh. noted. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to sound like an ass. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Ass. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just positing about this fictional story. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and I did joyfully write in my notes the dog had the head. We were right. The sheepdog had the head. I don't know how he got it. I don't know how he took it to where it is. I don't know why the police didn't find it, but we were right. The dog has the head. Couldn't get him by the hair. But to be fair, you thought the dog had the head. I thought that the the lake monster that probably doesn't exist now got it. I really want the monstrous howling to be like an honest-to-God creature of some sort. Oh, my God. If we ever have merch, I want a shirt that says monstrous howling. Not just you know. that. That's the name of like if people email us with questions, that's what that's because you remember like in comic books, the yeah! the letters always had its own name. Yeah, it's monstrous howling. Okay. So anyone, if you yeah. want to monstrously howl at us, then um, just email Castle Rock Historical at gmail dot com. Yeah, send us your monstrous howls. Yes, it'll oh. be fun. Sweet, cool. We've got some branding. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, and the last thing that we find out about the episode is that the narrated voiceover has actually been a letter that Lacey wrote to Pangborn, essentially passing this savior mantle that he thinks he has to him now. So he didn't, he, the suicide was thought out to such an extent that he was able to send this to Carl or to Pangborn mm -hmm. and... Yeah, so you got to wonder what the motivation is for that now. It's not about the retirement. It's not about... It has something to do with the evil that he thinks he's fighting or his inability to do that anymore. Yeah, so. it doesn't make any sense. Oh, and then he burnt the letter. So no yep, one will ever he know. He burnt it up for some reason. Um, he... Part of it is probably that he is old and he was retired and he doesn't want to be a gunslinger anymore yeah you know the sort of reluctant hero thing right i went to like the it's corrupting him he can't fight it anymore he's got to destroy himself so oh, that it doesn't that's... i don't know we'll see i think I those are the two most pangborn... likely angles i do wonder why pangborn burnt the letter though yeah because considering what happened in needful things would people in Castle Rock have a hard time believing that there's some sort of... Well, yeah, of course, no, not everybody knows sense. it's the devil. Yeah, but... but people know... I mean, and that's part of the conceit of it, is that people always know, oh, there's always been something wrong with, you know... Right. It's hmm. in the soil, or whatever. Yeah. Um, Did we hit when Pangborn went to the fancy bar with the warden lady? We might have. We might have. Anyway, the important thing is, though, that he said, don't let that fucking kid out. Yep. And that was... So he knows. Um, he knows it all. Which means either the letter told him about that or he's known all along. So... Ooh. That's kind of a big question. Did he just find out? Or has he known this entire 27 years, we captured this kid that we think is the devil... Even though we just drove the devil out at the end of Needful Things, which is like That's 1989, 1990. Yeah. That's super interesting. So. Hmm. Uh -huh. Well, I mean... Uh... That's one of the pillars of the story. I mean, uh, Pangborn yeah. as a character is 
a serious, serious part, I think, of the King universe in general. And we never really talked about the fact that... um, And I know they talk about it's a Stephen King renaissance, etc. He had a shared universe before it was cool. And I think he copied um, Lovecraft, to be honest. Mm. You know, because it was that whole idea of the Cthulhu mythos... So, like, August Derleth could write a bunch of Cthulhu stories because it really was, no, I'm writing it in this universe. And King wrote, what, Grandma? And then um, that was a Cthulhu Mm -hmm. story. The the one that was about old Jerusalem's lot, the, it was in Night Shift. But Salem's lot, it was... and then there's, like... Isn't Cycle of the Werewolf in Castle Rock too, or like Castle Rock? Anyway, there's tons of stories that link it. I yeah. wish this was a visual show. Like I have a stack of 15 Stephen King hardcovers behind me, all of which have stories that reference Castle Rock. You know, take a picture way. of that, and I'll put it in the show notes for truth. Yeah. Because okay. we're not fooling around. She's got a bunch of books. Yeah. Not 100 percent sure even- if Hannah can read, but I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. One hopes so. I used to teach English. Yeah. Could have just taught yeah, spoken it's English. Really, <laughs> it's not a it's not a requirement to be a teacher in North Carolina to be able to read. These are facts. Wow. There's hope for me yet. I'm coming home. <laughs> so the way I see it, I've got a couple questions that I want answered that are kind of sticking out for me. Like okay. who who called Henry into the car? Yeah. And then, um, I guess we didn't really touch on this too much, but when we were talking about the church, like, I want to know, when did, when did Reverend Deaver come around? Because I'm pretty sure there's a different minister in Needful Things. Um, yeah, Willie and Rose. And I can look that up. It was Willie Rose, time. his name was. Yeah, Because he Re- fought Reverend the priest. Rose. Yeah, so what happened to him? Where'd he go? When did Reverend Deaver come in? You know, and there's another... There's another story, one of his newer ones, Revival, who has the Reverend before Reverend Rose, I think. Um, oh, interesting. As the main character. Yeah. But tragedy befalls him and he becomes this sort of satanic faith healer kind of thing. It's a cool story. I like Revival a lot. And then I want to know the year that they got rid of Gaunt because I think it would be interesting to know how close to Henry's disappearance the beginning of the 27 year cycle it was was there a date on the newspaper clipping yeah or i'll just look in the book and see if it has any years in it she just brandished the book folks it's big it's a big old oh and yeah it does actually say the last castle rock story right above the yep no joke title book yeah, so that that matters. That has to matter. That can't be an accident. Like, no way. They thought they'd defeated it, but oops, 27 years later, find out it's not the last Castle Rock story. And yeah, I want to know if Henry said his name at the Alligator Park. You could be right. Maybe he didn't. And that'll be really significant. Yeah, that's going in so. the that's going in the unanswered questions stack. Yeah. Mhm. Man, we're making a lot of work for ourselves, Hannah. (laughs) We are. We're doing it so you guys don't have to. That's right. And so you don't have to get on Reddit. You can just listen to this instead. Um, No shade to Reddit, of course. I might check it after I'm done doing my own stuff after episode three to see if anybody got anything that I didn't. That's true. Maybe we should have gotten So, yeah, I'm excited to see what's answered in local color which is the last of these episodes that have been released as a chunk then we have to wait until wednesday yeah and i feel like they're gonna have to like they're really gonna have to give us some kind of payoff because this was the i think they assume a bunch of people may have gotten a trial subscription to hulu Mm. to check these out and if we don't really give them something great then they might not you know extend it so we need to keep them coming so hopefully hopefully they do something good it's like the a mini mid-season finale type of deal yeah yeah and for people who 
aren't necessarily trying to deep dive like we are, this episode wasn't nearly as dense as it seemed for us because yeah. this was a really like callback and reference heavy episode without a ton of the central action of this particular story story Very true. going on. So, yeah. It was still Local great, color. Looking forward to it. Yep. So... We have an email. You now. heard it earlier. If you want to email us, it's castlerockhistorical at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find both of us on Twitter if you want to ask us questions directly or show us a meme or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm at Hannah Selector and Acadia is at Acadia. Yep. And I'm frequently added by people who are excited about things that are not me, such as the uh, National Park or the Canadian University. Isn't there like a GMC Acadia too? Yes, she there said, is. Not being a car gal. <laughs> yeah, people aren't talking to that a lot, but I get a lot of other stuff. Um, yeah. And I think the other thing that I guess we never mentioned, but um, if you want to like comment on it or anything like that, we're actually serving the feed for the show because we don't have CastleRockHistoricalSociety.com because that's super long. Um, but yeah. the, the episodes are posted at superficialgallery.com, which is where I've been creaking around since 2005. And if we do any companion posts or anything like that, and I don't know, Hannah, if you want to add a section to undeadairlock.com, Yep, I'll be doing that tonight, putting a tab on undeadairlock.com for Castle Rock, because this is now officially part of my non-paying job resume. Yep. So, yeah. We we are a network of volunteers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We don't sleep. You saw it on my Twitter feed. (laughs) Never. We can't sleep. We've got questions to answer. So now I am immediately going to try and figure out if... Henry said his name. My takeaway by the next, when we do episode three, I'll know. I'm going to check. And I'm also going to check to see if um, he may, there may be a date on that news clipping about needful things that was in the book. And I will check the books for reverend information and see if there's a year somewhere in the text. All right, everybody, we'll see you next time on Castle Rock Historical Society. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you soon. Bye. This shit stops now!